especially if you'd like to receive our email newsletter, please put uh, your email address on there, and we'll be sure to get you on the list. It's a good way to keep up with the opportunities that we have here at Community Baptist Church. And uh, I'd like to uh, bring to your attention a few announcements that we have this morning. First of all, Mary, I think you have uh, uh, some, uh, something to say about Christian outreach. Well, it's time for the 2017 update on Henderson Christian Community Outreach. If you're new to, new to the church, um, I am the director of Henderson Christian Community Outreach, and we are starting our 31st year in Henderson County. 31st year. Oh, no. Now, see, we shouldn't be clapping because that means the need in Henderson County is even greater. But our wonderful choir is going to help us um, Learn the 2017 theme for Henderson Christian Community Outreach. Outreach board back there, and we at Christian Outreach we have so many blessings, and I just wanted to share a couple of things. Of course, Community Baptist Church and you all are a huge blessing to Henderson Christian Community Outreach. Inside the card, um, it just tells you what we did this year or last year, 2016. Um, you know that we give food every 30 days to our clients if they meet income requirements. And it's a beautiful self-serve food pantry down there. And in 2016, we provided um, 5,057 Henderson County families with food. And when they come in, they have to write down how many adults, how many children in their home. And we served 9,723 adults and 4,353 children. Couldn't have done it without the food that we collect here and at many other churches. Um, Even though we do that... We still spent $45,639 on purchasing food and personal care items. So what we're going to do this year is, along with many other churches, we're going to be, um, every month we'll have a different personal care item. Um, We figured up out of that $45,000, we spent $14,000 in personal care. So, and that's just simply four rolls of toilet paper, a bar of soap, shampoo, dish liquid, and toothpaste. That's what our personal care bag is. So, um, as most of you know, we also help with utility, rent, other needs. Um, It's only $100 worth of help, and our clients can only get that help in a two-year period. So, in 2016, we assisted uh, 325 families. So, we spent $29,500 on helping people with $100 to keep, say, in their homes or hotels or wherever they're staying. And I say hotels because we have people living long-term in hotels now. Um, utilities, 
say, excuse me, that was utility funds. We helped 325 families with utility funds. Utilities, we spent $31,459 on utilities. Rent, we assisted 246 families. And our rent total was the $29,500 to keep families in their homes. Um, medicine copays, it's still a problem with some um, families, and we spent $2,739 on helping people with prescriptions or prescri prescription copays. Emergency gas, um, I think I've talked about this before. Um, we've all been through it. We've all had to go to Vanderbilt for a family member or Indianapolis, Nashville, Louisville. Our clients, sometimes they'll need help going to those places to take a loved one to the hospital or so on and so forth. We spent $359 in emergency gas funds in 2016. We have grown so much at Christian Outreach. We just finished our first year in our new building at 700 North Green Street, but the need for volunteers has grown tremendously. Um, I'm asking you to consider volunteering one day a month. We're only open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, 9 to 11. We do so much in this community. And I'm so blessed to be part of this Christian Outreach family. Speaking of a partner, there's a Habitat partner right there. <laughs> we partner with Habitat. We partner with Sandifer Center. We partner with so many other um, agencies. But we do need volunteers to help us run the place, at least 12 to 14 volunteers every day. So one day a month, one Monday a month, one Tuesday a month, one Thursday a month, one Friday a month, this is what we're doing this year. We need a third interviewer for food. We need a... Uh, sometimes we need desk people to work the front desk. Sometimes we have to have smiling faces in the food pantry. It's very hard to ask for free food. So we have to have smiling, caring, passionate people in the food pantry that say, come on over here, we'll help you go through the food pantry line. The most important thing we're changing this year is we, in our building, our new building, um, we have a prayer room. And it's a place, it's a very small room. But it's a place when people first come in the door and you can tell they're ready to break down. We've all done it. We've all had to go somewhere and cry. <laughs> but it's a place where if we have somebody there that's there just to take people to the prayer room while everybody else is swamped, um, it's a place to cry. It's a place to pray. It's a place to, pray, place to hug. But um, everybody can pray. Everybody can listen and everybody can hug. So... Um, we won't throw you in very cold. We are having a meeting Wednesday at 10 o'clock. Pray about it from now until then. If you feel like you could give at least two hours a month, uh, come to the meeting Wednesday at 10 at Outreach. We're going to go through every um, volunteer job that we have, and hopefully it'll get you out of the house for a couple hours a month. Sandy, not to call you out, honey, but you were one of our best interviewers, so think about that. I'm going to close real quick with this prayer. This is a volunteer's prayer. It says, Oh God, today I will be with those who are suffering and frightened and possibly alone. Some will have no one to talk to today, Lord, but me. May my arms be strong to give someone a hug, my hands comforting and warm to hold another's hand, and through my eyes and smile may someone know I care. But most of all, Lord, give my heart the compassion and understanding that will calm another's fears, dry a tear, and give strength to face what lies ahead. I am only one person, Lord, but you and I know one person can and will make a difference in another's life. 
And if I can do that for someone today, when my head lies upon my pillow tonight and my eyes close, I will be at peace. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Tim. Thank you, choir. And thank you for what you do for our community. It is very significant. And we are glad to be able to partner with you uh, along with so many others in this community. So thank you. Uh, just a few other announcements that we have today is, uh, let's see, something, go- what's going on tonight? There's something, some ball game or something going on this evening? Tonight is the night, folks. Falcons are going to rise up <laughs> and take it. Super Bowl Sunday is tonight. Uh, the youth and young adults are invited to come to the, the Hopgood's house tonight at, at, at 5, is that right? Five o'clock. So um, come and join in that. It'll be a lot of fun. Are you excited about this this game tonight? No. Yeah. A lot of people are excited about it. I'm I'm excited about this. And 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 somebody sent me a message on Facebook yesterday. It's a meme. And here's what it said. It said you should be as excited about church as about the Super Bowl. So when your pastor makes a point this Sunday, pour Gatorade over his head. (laughs) Do me a favor. If you see any of the choir make any sudden moves, (laughs) you you let me know. (laughs) So, Super Bowl tonight, you're invited to to the Hot Goods this evening, and we have Blood Drive on Wednesday. And so if you would like to... uh, to make a, uh, an appointment for the blood drive on Wednesday, see Jika, or if you'd like to uh, uh, volunteer to help, then see Jika, and we will be glad to fill you in there. Let's stand if you're able, and let's uh, just spend a moment uh, sharing the love of God with one another. <laughs>
God, here we are. We are like Jacob at the gate of heaven, believing that the door is still ajar. We are coming to offer our sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving, like Jacob who poured the oil on the rock where he slept and then dreamed of angels and an open heaven. God, we confess that there may be some folks here today who wonder if heaven is still open. And if you still hear their prayers, we also confess that others among us may feel unworthy to even speak your name in prayer. But here we are, God. We are standing together before you in faith. So reassure us all today that the same God who opened heaven to a rascal like Jacob leans in to hear our prayers as well. And we thank you, God. We thank you for loving us in spite of who we are and and who we have been. Thank you for seeing in us the people that we can be. Thank you for your unrelenting love for us that pursues us and apprehends us and if we let it, transforms us. We are awed when we consider that the God of Abraham and Sarah and Isaac, and Rebecca, and Jacob, and Mary Magdalene, and Peter, and all of those other great saints of history, that same God of these has asked to be our God as well. May we respond in faith by aspiring to resemble your people. Amen. Felicia's mother is waiting for the angels to come take her home. That's why I'm, I'm filling in at the last minute. So if you would, let's stand and sing. 
sitting in that chair so I like to get down here these t pants are a little bit tight so we'll see how I do okay yeah think for a moment of your heart as this greenhouse this little greenhouse that Mr. Greg and I have so we put some flowers in it and in the spring and it grows some pretty little plants we plant in the garden and it's really nice and consider for a moment your thoughts put plant in this greenhouse some thoughts become flowers thoughts that we might have become weeds we want to sow seeds of hope and enjoy and seeds that that are hopeful and that enjoy optimism. Sow seeds of doubt and insecurity, we get what? Weeds. That's right. The proof is everywhere you look. You ever wonder why some people have a Teflon capacity to resist negative negativity and become they don't they're they're optimists. They say good things all the time. You know what the skill it is? It's just a skillet, but it's a special skillet. It's quoted, it's with what we call Teflon. And that's the way some people are. They uh, are like Teflon. Whenever somebody comes towards them with negativity or bad stuff, they're like this. So we want to, in our greenhouse, sow seeds that are good and are optimistic in our thoughts. Ever wonder why people, some people have a sour outlook? You would too if you sowed seeds that grew weeds. Wouldn't that be correct? Okay. Let's pray real quick. 
Help us in our lives this week to sow good seeds that grow beautiful people. You all can go on in your children's time, and we'll continue in worship. Thank you. Please join me in a word of prayer. Dear Lord and most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you today for this beautiful day you have given us and for the opportunity to come into your house. We thank you for our church and our church leaders and ask them to guide, as you guide them, to guide us. Today as we listen to Brother Tim's sermon, please bestow upon us the wisdom and knowledge to understand your word. May we be reminded that we are to use the gifts you have given us wisely as they are given by you. We also ask today for you to please be with our country and our leaders. Please place upon their hearts that to be a great nation, they must ask for your wisdom and knowledge and then follow your guidance. Today there is great turmoil over many issues that impact each and every individual of our land. Please give each citizen the wisdom and knowledge to put aside their individual agendas and to follow in your footsteps. It is through your guidance that we may use the blessings that you have given us to turn them into blessings for others. And may we always give you the glory. These things we ask in your name. Amen.
scripture today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ in him crucified. As I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, my speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Yet among the mature we do speak wisdom, though it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to perish. But we speak God's wisdom, secret and hidden, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human being knows what is truly human except the human spirit that is within? So also no one comprehends what is truly God's except the spirit of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Pam. What a beautiful, moving passage of scripture that is. Um, I want to begin today by asking you a question that I probably know the answer to. How many of you are familiar with Murphy's Law? Yeah, I, I thought so. Most of us are, and unfortunately some of us are more familiar with Murphy's Law than, than others are. And, and I, I can imagine that when some future scholar tries to understand the spirit of our times uh, he or she might run across a collection of the many derivatives of Murphy's Law and declare that they are representative of our national spirit. We have become such a, a pessimistic society. Murphy's Law, of course, says that if anything can go wrong, it will. And if nothing can wrong, go wrong, it will anyway. But there are also a lot of derivatives to Murphy's Law, uh, like... The other line always moves faster. You ever notice that? Or when you want to unlock a door but only have one free hand, your keys are in the opposite pocket. Or the probability of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich falling on the carpet face side up is directly proportional to the cost of the carpet. Or after discarding something that that you haven't used for years, you will need it the next week. Or after your hands become coated with grease, your nose will begin to itch. Or any time you have a 50-50 chance of getting something right, there's a 90% probability you'll get it wrong. And here's the real clincher. Murphy was an optimist. (laughs) Murphy's Law is amply illustrated in a joke about a man who was uh, crawling through the desert on his hands and knees. He was desperate for a drink of water, and he comes across a man selling neckties. Would you like to buy a tie, the salesman asked, and the man said, why would I want a tie? What I want is a drink of water. 
Well, the salesman did not have any water for the man, so the poor man kept crawling crawling across the desert. And then miraculously, out of the middle of nowhere, he comes across this beautiful restaurant out in the middle of the desert. And at first he sees what he sees there, he thinks it's a, a mirage. But as he moves closer, he sees that it's actually real. And so with his last ounce of energy, he struggles up to the entrance of the restaurant. And he says to the doorman, please, I need a drink of water. And the doorman replies, I'm sorry, sir, but gentlemen are not admitted without ties. (laughs) Poor guy. You ever had a day like that? Yeah, me too. (laughs) And so it is so refreshing to come to God's word and read this positive, uplifting message from Paul that we have for today. What no eye has seen. What no ear has heard, what no human mind has ever conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. In other words, if your faith is in God, you haven't seen anything yet. We can't even imagine all the wonderful things that wait for us as followers of Jesus. Isn't that refreshing news for your soul? During all of these days when we as individuals, and yes, even as a nation, we're kind of like chicken little running around in fear, afraid that the sky is falling, when in reality there's nothing to fear. How many times in the Bible does God tell us, fear not, don't be afraid. And, 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 but we're like this, and these words that Paul proclaims to us in this Scripture, they should bring us such great comfort. So what do they say to us? Well, first of all, these words tell me that all of the wonderful, beautiful things of this world, they're just a foretaste of the greater things that we have to look forward to. You know, I think think that... The one reason many people may have a hard time imagining what the next world will be like is, is that it's hard for us to imagine anything that's more beautiful than the world we already live in. Can you agree with that? We live in a beautiful world, folks. I mean, think about it. Just take a drive up through the mountains someday and, and look at the vistas that you see there. Visit the ocean and, and, and see the waves pounding against the shore. Cast your eyes over a meadow, meadow filled with wild flowers or the beautiful rock formations this world has to offer. Behold the wonderful, the wonder of a, a beautiful Henderson sunset, for goodness sakes. Go down to the river one one evening when the sun's coming down. How much more majestic can heaven be than that? There's a little church in Ireland with beautiful stained glass windows and the richness of the reds and the blues in those windows is, is, is absolutely breathtaking. But there's one window that has been left in clear glass and it's in the And it's the most beautiful window of all of the windows that are there because it looks over a vista that includes a clear blue lake and green rolling hills. And under the window is this inscription. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows God's handiwork. 
My friends, there is no creation in hu- of human hands that will ever compare to the majestic creation which God has given to us. Walter Cabot tells about a boy who went on a camping trip with his father up into the Adirondack Mountains, and they hired a guide to show them around, take them through the mountains there, and take them off of the beaten path. And they spent a week in the heart of the woods there. And this boy was just absolutely in awe of this man. Uh, he was greatly impressed by his ability to, uh, of the guide to, to see all sorts of things that you and I would miss, that most people would never even notice. And so one day after the guide had been pointing out some of the hidden secrets of nature, the boy asked with awe in his voice, Mr., can you see God? And the old man replied, my boy, it's getting so I can hardly see anything else. And you know he's right. Anybody who is a nature lover knows exactly what he's talking about. Dorothy Gardner in her book, Eastward in Eden, puts it like this. She said, sometimes when I'm working in my garden, when the day is hot and still, I am transported to another world. The hum of the bees seems like singing wires of eternity. It is as though a message were trying to come through. And I I know what it means, but I can't hear the words. I like to think that my garden is Eden, but I know that it is only evidence of Eden. My friends, we are blessed to live in a beautiful, beautiful world. But listen to this. The beauty... And the glory of this world is just a foretaste. It's just a foretaste of the wondrous things that lie ahead for us. And even more important than that, the love of our family and our friends, they're just a a pale shadow of the love that God has for you and for me. Can you get your mind around that? The most beautiful music in all of the world will not hold a candle to the music in heaven. And everything that we count in this world is as good. It's simply an inferior imitation of what we will one day experience in God's kingdom. Many of you like to exercise and you take great care of your bodies and that's a great thing. But I want you to take time sometime to read 1 Corinthians 15 concerning the new body that we'll have one day. And if you marvel at the wonder of the physical today, then you just wait until you experience the spiritual. And that's what Paul is saying to us. Just wait and see. We're told that the artist John Linnell was very sensitive about his his friends wanting to see a piece of art that he's working on before he was finished with it. Uh, And and he's a great artist, but he didn't want people to see an unfinished product. He feared that someone might come into his studio when he was gone and sneak a peek. And so whenever he was out of the room, he would cover his easel with a a veil. And then across the veil, he, he put a banner that said, wait and see. Well, that's Paul's word for us today. Wait and see. The magnificence of everything that surrounds us gives us only a a foretaste of what is yet to come. And that's why followers of Jesus anticipate our future with such 
eagerness. We look forward to our future in God. Whether it's the anticipation of Christ's return or the the prospect of heaven, to be a Christian is by definition to anticipate the future with a joyful heart. Paul is saying to us that no matter how good things are in this world, we haven't seen anything yet. As a much-beloved Episcopal bishop, Warren Chandler, was on his bed dying, a close friend sat by his bedside, and his friend said, Please tell me frankly, do you dread crossing the river of death? And the old bishop put a weak smile on his face and said, My father owns the land on both sides of the river. Why should I be afraid? I can't think about heaven without uh, thinking about Mark Twain's statement, his classic remark. Twain said that the only reason he wanted to go to heaven was because of the climate. Most of his friends, he said, would be at the other place. Mark Twain, of course, was somewhat of a cynic. And personally, I prefer the heartwarming affirmation of the world to come that we find in this little cartoon from the family circus. And I think we, ah, oh, we got it up there. Good. Isn't that a great? Here we have little Billy and his father. They're, they're, they're walking through a cemetery. They're looking at a tombstone. And Billy's imagination takes over. And he pictures a, a hole with a casket in it. And so he sadly says to his father, Daddy, is granddad still down there in that dark old grave? And his father says, not really, Billy. The real granddaddy went on to meet his old friends and family. And so once again, Billy's imagination takes over as he sees granddad, Cain and all, walking up to the pearly gates and with a large crowd of people waiting for him there. And granddad hears these words of welcome. Elizabeth! A voice shouts, Al's here. Someone else says, look who just showed up. It's Al. It's good to see you again. Come on in and join the old crowd. And Billy smiles from ear to ear. For some people, that kind of faith may be too much of a pie in the sky by and by. My heart goes out to people like that. Because they've missed out on some of the most important, joyous news of our faith. Because, you see, if we believe in a loving God that demands that we also believe in the completion of an incomplete universe. And as Paul writes, if for this life alone we have hoped in Christ, then we are all people most to be pitied. Because there is a world beyond this world. And that that is the world that we hope for. In other words, 
the best is yet to come. And so we enjoy the foretaste of the glories of heaven. We anticipate the future with great eagerness. And we cling to our faith strongly. The Greek philosopher Plato, he taught that we live in a world that is a mere shadow of of a better world. And, And for Plato, the physical world was the best evidence that he had of the existence of a spiritual world. And that's an appealing argument. But it's not enough for Paul. It's not enough for Paul. For you see, Paul recognized that reason alone or evidence alone or argument alone would not bring people to God. And that's why he, he did not say that this world is, is evidence for a better world. Rather, he said that our faith is the best evidence that we have of a better world to come. Hebrews tells us that faith is the assurance, that the evidence of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And it says, by faith, we understand that the world was created by God. By faith, we understand these things. And he makes that clear in our scripture for today. Paul does when, when he says that it, it is only by the Spirit of God that we can come to know God. That faith element. In other words, our anticipation for the world to come, it grows out of our faith, not vice versa. Because we have met the one who holds our future in his hands, because we've met our God, we can live our lives now in joy and in anticipation for what is yet to come. As the hymn says, because he lives we can live. And that's true in this world just as surely as it is in the world to come. (laughs) Pat Barnes discovered this truth through an old flower lady. She relates that one Easter Sunday morning she noticed the old lady was sitting in her usual spot under a small archway And at her feet, there was a display of corsages and boutonnieres lying on top of a a piece of newspaper that had been spread out on the sidewalk. And this flower lady had a radiant smile on her face. Her wrinkled old face was alive with some kind of inner joy. And on an impulse, Pat said to her, My, you look happy today. And the flower lady said, Why not? Everything's good. Now, this flower lady was dressed so shabbily. She was obviously very poor. And she seemed so old that Pat couldn't help but to ask, Don't you have any troubles? And the lady replied, You can't reach my age without having some troubles. But it's like Jesus and Good Friday, she said. When Jesus was crucified on Good Friday, that was the worst day for the whole world. And so when I get troubles, I remember that. And and then I think of what happened only three days later, Easter, and our Lord rising from the dead. And so when things go wrong in my life, I've learned to wait three days. And somehow everything gets better. 
Paul goes on to write, I'm sorry, Pat goes on to write, the old flower lady smiled goodbye, but her words still follow me whenever I think I have troubles. Give God a chance to help. Wait three days. That sounds like pretty good advice, doesn't it? My friends, each moment that we spend in the love and the care of our God is a moment in eternity. We don't have to wait until we cross the river of death to experience God's love and beauty. We don't have to wait. The wondrous things of this world, they're a foretaste of much greater things to come. And thus we anticipate the future with great eagerness. And in the meantime, we hang on to our faith here and now. Someone has imagined that an enormous computer was built by all the the world's greatest scientists. And into that computer they fed all of the world's knowledge that they could come up with. And then the computer was asked this question. How did the world really come into existence? Well, that computer began to grind on for hours and hours on that question as all the great scientists hovered around it. And then finally it printed out a short, succinct answer. See Genesis 1. And in case you've forgotten, Genesis 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And folks, I believe that if we were to ask that same computer the question, what does the future hold for us? That giant computer would print out, see 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, these are the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. In other words, for those of us who love the Lord, we haven't seen anything yet. We can only imagine the splendors that await us. Amen. Let's sing together. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. What a wonderful, wonderful hymn. And one I hope expresses all, all of our beliefs and hopes that we turn our eyes to Christ because He's the one that we put our hope in.
Uh, I want to introduce someone to you. I hope that you have had the opportunity to meet this this young man. Uh, <laughs> uh, this this is Gary Hinton, and uh, he has been coming to our church for a few weeks. He's coming on Wednesday nights, coming on Sunday morning, and he, he indicated uh, to Mark and to me uh, the past week or two that he wants to join our church. He wants to be a part of our church. He feels like he has a family here, and what's not to feel that way? I mean, we are family here, right? And and so he wants to be a part of this family, and he is coming to unite with our with our our fellowship and our, um, our, our family. He is uh, moving his membership from another congregation here in town. And I hope that you will join me in welcoming Gary into our family by raising your hand and saying amen. 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 Gary, we are so glad that you are a part of our family, the Community Baptist family. We, he's glad to be here. And, and we are so grateful for you and grateful for, uh, for God's presence in your life. And uh, these people will tell you that every time somebody joins the church, I tell them this. Every person who is a member of this church is a minister of God. And the, the reason why is precisely because we are family. And family takes care of each other. And so we are looking forward to the ministry that we have for you, Gary. But more importantly, we're looking forward to the ministry that you already have with us. So thank you for that. Bless you. <laughs> I know you'll want to come and uh, speak with Gary at the service. And Gary, I'll ask you to come with me down there and just uh, shake people's hands and might even get a hug or two. I don't know. <laughs> you'll, you'll take that. <laughs> okay, let's stand for our benediction. Go from this place where we have gathered to worship together, strengthened by the Spirit in your innermost being, so that at all times, in all things, wherever you are, you may be strengthened and enabled to do God's work in the power of the living Christ. Amen. Amen. Come join me. Are we singing this dream with more than one? Maybe by March we'll know it. We did better than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I think we did too.
Yeah, Tim. Yeah. 